Open your Bibles to a couple of scriptures today. Matthew chapter 22, praise the Lord. And uh, there's a commandment in the Bible that, you know, Jesus made very clear to all of us. He said, a new commandment, he says, I give unto you that you love one another, even as I have loved you. And he says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Amen. John said it like this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. By this shall all men know. No, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brothers. Amen? And so this world is going to be able to, to understand uh, what and where we came from. If we have come from God, and we have, and if we are of God, and we are, then we are loved children of a loving Father. And so then it is our responsibility to make sure that we are copying Him and walking in love, walking in forgiveness, letting go of those weights of bitterness, letting go of the sin of unforgiveness, and not allowing the least bit of ill will to get into our craw, if you will, toward anyone. Amen. The Bible says that love is the fulfilling of the law. If I'm walking in love, I'm not going to lie about you. If I'm walking in love, I'm not going to covet your money or your wife. The fact of the matter is, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart and in my heart by the Holy Ghost. This love is a seed on the inside, and it can grow up and it can develop and can make our lives irresistible, causing us to have a no failure rate in our lives. Because it's true that the love of God on the inside of us never fails. Amen? Oh, thank you, Lord. And one of the commandments, you know, in addition to loving the Lord God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our might, and I'm quoting Matthew 22, so we don't need to look at it, but at the end of that, he says, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, your neighbor is your nearby. Your nearby is that person driving on the freeway. Your nearby is that person sitting next to you in church. Your nearby is that wife or that husband laying next to you in bed. Your nearby, your neighbor are your children. So everywhere we go, we should make love an absolute priority in our lives. Amen. And you can do this, and I can do this. It takes some discipline. Yes, we will, we will not succeed at it all the time. But if you fail and if you miss it, apply the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and get up and purpose in your heart. You know what? I'm going to walk in the realm of God. I'm going to walk in love. Now, I saw some things in between service that I want to get to. So if you want the full message you'll have to get the cd of this morning's message but i want to get i believe to write what the spirit of god wants to do in this service i have discovered and i'm not judging this is this is a matter of of just observance and i understand this that there are people on different levels of life spiritually and that there is a growth process that needs to take place but it is very true that many people in the body of Christ are not walking in love. And I believe that it is not my duty to judge them. It is my duty to pray for them and to keep my own backyard clean. 
but one of the observances that I've come to an understanding of concerning why people have not walked in love to the degree that they're called to is because, quite frankly, they don't have a revelation of how much their father loves them. And as long as there is no revelation of how much God loves us and our Father loves us, it will be impossible for me to love you as I love myself. Because I believe this, a greater revelation and understanding of how much He loves us will enable us to look in the mirror and say, you know what, Mark, you ain't so bad after all. (laughs) You know, if the Father loves you unconditionally... You can look at the mirror and say, you know what? My future's bright. My father loves me. My daddy is crazy about me. And so therein comes a revelation where we can love ourselves, not after the flesh, but we can love ourselves greatly because of the great love that he loves us with. Are you listening to me today? Amen. Now understand this. How many of you have ever heard of a preacher by the name of Keith Hershey? He says this, that God loves you completely. He favors you abundantly. And He blesses you eternally. Say this with me. God loves me completely. He favors me abundantly. And He blesses me eternally. Having an understanding of that will make you a nice person. Having an understanding that you are accepted in the beloved will cause you to be sweeter and nicer to the people around you. Why? Because you're not carrying around all these insecurities. You're not carrying around all this rejection with you. Because you know that you've been brought into the family of favor. You've been brought into the family of God. And now it's the father and his family. And when you have an understanding of this, oh, I tell you what, you're going to grow by leaps and bounds and some awesome things are going to come your way. Now, I asked the the first group this morning to pray this prayer with me for an entire week. And I'm going to ask you to do the very same thing. So I want you to pull up Ephesians chapter 3. And I want us to look at verses 14 through 21. I believe every one of us need a greater revelation of the love of God. I know that I do. And if I do, you most likely do. Now, Paul, you know, he's, he's, he's talking to the church at Ephesus. And in the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, Paul is dealing with the wealth of the believer. Did you know that you're wealthy in God? I mean, to have been raised up together with Him and been made to sit together with Him in heavenly places means in Christ you're wealthy. To have obtained an inheritance in Christ Jesus means that He has brought you into a wealthy place. There is nothing like God in our lives. And so in Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is about to get on his knees. And he's about to pray for the church at Ephesus to have a great depth of understanding of something very important. I believe what belongs to the church at Ephesus belongs to the church in the Bay Area. Hello, church. 
Say it with me. This belongs to you and this belongs to me. Now I want us to look at this in the amplified version. I want you to see some things. For this reason, Paul is praying, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. He came to him as an act of worship. He came to him in reverence. Verse 15. He says, From whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. Verse 16. May he grant Pastor Mark. May he grant Pastor Tom. May he grant Rachel, and whatever your name is, put your name in there and pray this prayer for yourself on a regular basis. If your name is Sue, may he grant Sue, may he grant me out of the rich treasury of his glory. Wow. Did you know that the glory of God is in abundance and there's a rich treasury of it for you? May he grant us out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man. That the Holy Spirit himself, may he indwell my innermost being. Ooh, glory to God and personality. I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost dwells in you, your innermost being and personality, he will turn you into another man. He will turn you into another person. He will cause you, glory to God, and enable you to walk in this new creation. I mean, the old you is going to have to bow its knee to the new you. You want the Holy Ghost in your personality. You want the Holy Ghost in your speech. You want Him in your walk. You want Him in your talk. And Paul's praying about that. You can pray about that. May Christ through your faith, actually dwell. May he settle down, abide, make his permanent home in my heart. And may I be rooted in deep love. And may I be found securely on love. I want you to notice that word securely. I mean a revelation of how much your father's loves you will remove all insecurities from your life. You will no longer have the fear of man. You will no longer have the fear of the devil because your security is not founded upon your education. Your security is not founded upon your bank book. Your security is not found upon the clothing on your back. Your security is not founded upon the car that you drive. But your security is found deeply and rooted deeply on the love of God on the inside of you. This love will make you secure. Amen. The Bible says there is no fear in love. But a revelation of this love, this perfect love, will cast all fear out. It will remove it far from your life. That means that you can stand in the presence of your enemies without a sense of fear. You can stand in the presence of any man and not be afraid because you're founded securely on love. Oh, this is so important. Notice with me. That I may have the power 
And may I be strong to apprehend and get a hold of this with all of God's devoted people. The experience of that love. Now notice this. What is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of this love? That I may really come to know practically through experience for myself the love of Jesus Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge. Glory to God without experience. You got to pray in this way. You're going to experience his love in the morning. You're going to experience his love in the evening. You're going to experience the love of God from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Now notice this. I love this. That I may be, that you may be filled. Now notice this. Throughout your whole being. That sounds to me like saturation time. That sounds to me like when I'm filled with this love throughout my whole being, there ain't no room for anything else. When I'm filled with the love of God, there's no room for me to get out of sorts with you. And you to get out of sorts with me. When I'm filled with this love of God throughout my whole being, it's going to impact my relationship with Brenda. It's going to enable me in my marital relationship to have his love as the predominant and the preeminent force working in the Thomas household. Oh, you need his love in your life. That you may be filled through your whole being. Now notice this. Unto all the fullness of love. May you, every one of you, including me, may you have the richest measure of his divine presence. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm just not feeling the presence. I'm not feeling the glory. I'm not feeling the anointing. It's because you're walking too much by your feelings. And walking too much by your feelings gets you in a lot of trouble because sometimes those feelings slip up on our sleeves. And when those feelings slip on up on our sleeves, it's easy for us to be touchy. It's easy for us to be fretful and to get into resentment. But God says this. If you will get a revelation of the love of God, that your life is going to be filled with the fullness of love. And not only that, you're going to have the richest measure of His divine presence. Oh, thank you, Lord. I want His presence in my life. I want His presence manifesting on me and in me and through me 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And if I'm going to have His presence, I can't grieve Him. If I'm going to have His presence, I can't talk badly about you. If I'm going to have His presence, you can't be talking badly about your neighbor. If we're going to have his presence, we cannot allow the least bit of ill will or any bitterness to develop a root in our lives. Because as sure enough as bitterness develops a root, it springs up and it brings trouble into our lives. Oh, but when you're aware of the Holy Ghost on the inside, when you're aware that this love is on the inside of you, overflowing, on tap, ready to go, there ain't no room for that junk in your life. 
The Holy Ghost will check you. The Holy Ghost will arrest your mouth. The Holy Ghost will help you walk in the realm where God walks, the realm of love. May we have the richest measure, heart of the bay, of His divine presence. And may I become, may we become a body that is wholly filled. Oh, come on. Wholly filled, not partially filled, but wholly filled and flooded with love Himself. Oh, Jesus. Let's just raise our hands and say, Lord God, may I become a person that has the richest measure of your divine presence. May I become a person that is wholly flooded with love himself. Somebody says, but Pastor Mark, I've tried this and it doesn't work. These things do not come by trying. These things come by doing and doing the Word of God. I have discovered this, that one of the greatest ways to be aware of His presence in my life is to commune with Him. You know, the Bible talks about being invited into fellowship with Him and into communion with the Holy Spirit. James says it like this, Come close to love and love will come close to you. Draw near to Him, and He will draw near to you. Now, one of the ways that you and I can draw near to Him and become more aware of His presence and keeping us in the love of God is found in the book of Jude. So I want you to look at Jude, verse 20 and verse 21. Look over there quickly with me. Everyone say, I'm getting a revelation of the love of God today. Now, how many of you know that we need to be built up daily? And being built up daily will enable us to make progress in our lives. Now, in Jude 20, notice with me, it says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves. You have discovered that if you don't build yourself up, nobody else will on a continual basis. You have discovered that, haven't you? Now, you're being built up in the Word of God for about 40, 45 minutes here, and it's good. Say it's all good. good. Say it's a good word. It's a a spirit word. But you got more than 45 minutes to deal with the rest of this week. You got several hours left. Amen. And it is not just the responsibility of the church to maintain this building progress. You have a responsibility. Amen. So it says, but ye beloved, if you will build yourself up on your most holy faith by doing what? By praying in what? Praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in the Spirit. Now notice what happens when you do that. Verse 21. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. I declare to you that when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, And the more that you commune with Him, and the more you fellowship with Him, the more of His divine presence you will be made aware of, and the more of His divine presence that you are made aware of, the less you will be yielded to the lust and to the workings of the flesh. Are you listening to me? And so then, you're saying to me, Pastor Mark, what about me though? 
I have been done wrong and I have done wrong and my life is a mess. Is there a way out for me? I'm glad to announce to you that there is a way out. And that we're going to find that way today. Listen to me. There was a man of God. And as you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I want you to look at verse 1. There was a man of God. That was in the spirit one day. And he saw this picture of a huge pipe. And that pipe. The Holy Spirit told him. Was a representation of his human spirit. Now, you do know that you are a spirit, right? And you have a soul. And where do you live? You live in a physical body. So, out of this human pipe, out of this human spirit, the Bible says there should be a flow. What kind of flow? A flow of living waters. You know, we sing that song, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Well, there is a river that flows from the throne of grace. And in that river, there is healing. And in that river, glory to God, there's salvation. As a matter of fact, everywhere that the river moves and flows, there's going to be blessing. So this man of God, he's in the spirit. He's praying before a meeting he's about to get into. And the Lord shows him this big pipe. And on the one end of the pipe, there is just glory, virtue, and power being poured into this portion of the pipe unhindered. And that glory and power and anointing is represented by water. And it's flowing like a deluge into his life. But on the other end of that pipe, there's like a little... There's a little spurt here. And there's a little spurt there. The power that was coming in wasn't able to go through. And the Lord showed him, these are the little foxes that have spoiled the vines in your life. These are the little nickel and dime things, the little attitudes toward that waiter or toward that waitress, the little attitudes on the freeway. The little resentments, the little, the little jabs, the little critical attitudes we have about one another. These are those things that have been in your life for years. Some of them big, some of them small, some of them bitterness from the past, some of them grudges that you've held on to for so many years that you haven't been able to let go of. And he says it's hindering my blessing from operating at its full potential in you, for you, and through you. I don't know about you. And yet I do know about you. I don't want anything stopping the flow of God in my life. I guarantee you, if I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong. I may not always admit it publicly. But I guarantee you, I have a watch over my life very carefully and very closely. You will probably not find any person quicker to repent than Mark Thomas. Other than Brother George. Quick to repent. Quick to forget. Quick to believe God. 
And these things can hurt us long term. These things can can hinder your marriage. Unwillingness to admit when you're wrong can hurt a friendship. Well, they know my heart. Well, do they? What's going on in your heart? What's going on in your life? Well, they, they understand. I mean, after all, has it ever occurred to you that they may not understand? Has it ever occurred to you that you might need to take the initiative and go to that person individually and ask them to forgive you? You know, Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, one of the main principles was pray that the Lord would forgive us our debts. Amen? Our debtors as He's forgiven our debts. Come on, somebody. See, what forgiveness really is, it's a release. Forgiveness is just letting it drop. Forgiveness is just letting it go. And refusing, come on, to let that person control your life any longer. Refusing to let the offender be in front of your face. There is a release that's going to take place in the house today. And I'm not saying that when you forgive a person... That you continue to live with them if they're abusing your children? No, forgive the old dummy and move out. I am not saying if there's violence in a relationship that this is sloppy agape. You got to forgive me. You got to accept me. No, we're not going to accept violence. We're not going to accept abuse. We're not going to accept adultery. We're going to forgive. All right, but we'll see you now later. We'll see you later. We might see you in the rapture. It's up to you now, but bye. Yes, you need to do everything you possibly can to maintain that union and to maintain that relationship. But I'm telling you, through experience, I've seen it over and over and over again. When there's abuse, when there's adultery, and when there's an unwillingness to repent on the behalf of the offender, you better off without him and you better off without her. Now, I know I'm preaching good now. But you know, realize this, when you forgive somebody, you really release yourself. I'm not a doctor. I don't know everything about all the chemicals that go haywire, but I've been in strife. I've been in resentment. I've gotten mad. My blood pressure's gone up. I've had sleepless nights. I hate it. I don't want it anymore. And so I have purpose in my heart to purge my pipe. I have purpose in my heart to take the blood of Jesus and cleanse myself from all unrighteousness, to let bitterness go, to let resentment go, and to forgive even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven me. And you can do the same thing. In 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1, we're going somewhere. Stay with me just for a few more moments. Let's read it together. Verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, 
Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Bitterness is unholy. Holiness doesn't got anything to do whether you wear makeup or don't wear makeup. Some women would be better off if they did wear makeup. Amen. Did I say that? I don't Anyway. I don't want to get the women out of sorts with me today. 85%, you know, are women in the church. So women, we love you. But holiness has nothing to do whether you wear earrings or not. Are you listening to me? Holiness has to do with what's going on on the inside of you. What's happening down here? And if there's some things that aren't right down here, I'm sure enough going to tell you there's some things that aren't right out here. Are you listening to me? And that's why he says, protect your spirit for out of your spirit flow the issues, the forces of life. Now listen, the greatest cleansing power is what we celebrate in communion. It is the blood. It's cleansing. And it is purging. And when you apply this blood, it'll remove you from one place and take you to another place. And this is what I saw in between service. I said all that to say this. Turn with me quickly to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus, the 12th chapter. This is a word from heaven for you. This is a word from God for you today. How many of you want to go on up? Amen. How many of you are tired of being at the same place week after week, month after month, year after year? Come on, God wants to bring you forth. He wants to take you from point A to point B. Amen. He wants you to bring you out of that poor place into a wealthy place. He wants to bring you out of that disease right into divine health. He wants to bring you out of depression into the glory to God, the joy of the Lord. Exodus 12. I know I get happy, but it's all good. Exodus chapter 12. Now look at this. Here's a revelation. Exodus chapter 12. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In verse uh, 1 of Exodus 12, And the Lord spake to Moses and Aaron of the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. For some of you, this is going to be a brand new beginning. He said, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to speak to the church. And in the 10th month, they shall take to them every man a lamb. Everyone say a lamb. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Amen. Is not Jesus the lamb? Behold the lamb of God. And if the household be too little for the lamb... Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. So in other words, every person in the neighborhood, every person among the children of Israel, every person in the church is to get full of the lamb. They're to eat of the lamb. They're to partake of the lamb. Amen. Now notice with me. In verse 5, and your lamb shall be without blemish. Doesn't that fit Jesus? A male of the first year, you shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. 
and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Heart of the Bay Christian Center shall kill it in the evening and they shall take of the blood. This lamb, once it's killed, is going to shed some blood. And what I want you to do now is I want you to take of the blood and I want you to strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Glory to God. And they shall eat the flesh in that night. You got to roast it with fire, unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Don't eat it raw nor sodden it all with water, but roast it with fire, his head, his legs, and with the pertinence thereof, and you shall let nothing of it remain until morning, and that which remain of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. You know what he's telling them? He's telling children of Israel, I want you to get so full of the lamb. I want you to take this lamb, I want you to roast it, and I want you to eat and get so full of the lamb. Amen. Full for us. It's full of the word of God. It's filled with the lamb. It's filled in every area of our lives with the word of God. Now notice. And you shall, and you shall let nothing of it remain until a.m. And that which remains of it until the morning, you shall burn it with fire. And thus shall you do what? He said, now here, I want you to eat it. Now, there's two things that they were instructed to do. As you're tracking with me today, first of all, take the blood. And take the lintel and apply the blood on the doorposts of your house. Apply the blood. God is saying to us today that the greatest cleansing agent in the earth today is the blood of Jesus. And we do not apply the blood with lintel, but we apply the blood with our tongue. And how do we overcome? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word or the rhema of our testimony. So we take the blood and we cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. We cleanse ourselves from everything that would hinder our relationship with God. We apply the blood and we say, Lord, I forgive, I release, I let go of any bitterness. I'm applying the blood. I got faith in your name and I've got faith in your blood. There's nothing going to hinder me from here on. Nothing's going to stop me. I've got blood on my mind. I've got blood, glory to God, in my spirit. And the blood of Jesus is cleansing me. It's purging me. And now the power of God is flowing through me in a way that it hasn't ever flowed before. Come on, somebody. The power of the blood. The power of the blood is going to whoo, purge you. It's going to bless you. It's going to take you from one place and bring you to another. So they were to apply the blood. And we're going to do that in a moment. They were to get full of the lamb. And here's what he told them. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Whoo, glory to God. He said, thus shall you eat it. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to have your loins girded. And I want you to have your shoes on your feet. And your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. For it is the Lord's Passover. 
He said, because I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt this night. And I'm going to smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. But the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, God sees your life. He sees what's going on in the corners of your heart. When he sees the blood... When he knows the blood has purged your conscience from dead works to serve the living God, something awesome is going to happen for you. But the revelation I got was this. He said back here in verse 11, I want you to eat it. I want you to have your loins girded. You know, when he says, get your loins girded, he's saying, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. The Lord's saying to some of you today, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. He says, I want you to have your loins girded. I want you to be ready. And by the way, keep your shoes on that night. Keep the shoes on your feet because you're about to go from place A to place B. Keep your shoes on. Get your loins girded. Be in expectation because tomorrow at this time, you're going to be in a brand new place. You're not going to no longer be here in Egypt, but I'm bringing you out to bring you in. Come on. Get your loins girded. Get your shoes on. And expect today during communion for God to bring you out. And then I want to close with Psalm 105. Psalm 105. Amen. Psalm 105. All of this within the context of communion and within the context of not letting anything in our heart hinder us any longer. I hear the Lord saying, apply the blood, heart of the bay. Plead the blood and apply the blood and you'll not be the same. Verse 37. They were ready. Are you ready? He brought them forth also with costume jewelry. He brought them forth with silver. But I like that gold. How about you? He brought them forth. He brought them. But he wouldn't have been able to bring them forth. If their loins hadn't been girded. He wouldn't been able to bring them forth. If their shoes hadn't been on their feet. And they surely wouldn't have been brought forth. If they hadn't applied. Come on. Applied the blood. So being full of the lamb. And the application of the blood. Readies you to be brought forth. And to be brought out. I got a question for you this morning. Are some of you ready? That, that's, that's so weak. I, I just can't believe it. Here, I've preached my heart out to you today. That is so weak. <laughs> Let me try that one more time. Are some of you ready at least? All right. Thank, all right. <laughs> all right. Good. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Jesus, our jubilee is bringing us out. He delivered us from the power of hell. Brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. 
We're applying the blood. We're full of the lamb. We got our shoes on. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. Our loins are girded about with truth. And the Bible says that he brought them forth. How did he bring them forth? He brought them forth with silver and gold. And not only that, and there was not one feeble among their tribes. When God brings you out, brother, he brings you out in style. When God brings you out, he brings you out in strength. When God brings you out, he brings you out with joy. When God brings you out, he brings you out with power. When God brings you out, he brings you out with good things. And if he brought them out, he will show enough bring you out. I said if he brought them out, he will show enough bring you out and bring you in to your wealthy place. Bring you in to a place of victory. He brought them forth. My God is no respecter of persons. If he brought Tony out, he'll bring me out. If he brought Aaron out, he'll bring me out. If he brought Nancy out, he's going to bring me out. And the very testimony that you have on your lips of God brought me out. God did it again. Well, if he did it again, he'll do it again and again and again and again. Listen, if he did that under the old covenant, you and I have got a new covenant established upon better promises. If he brought them out with silver and gold, he'll bring you out with double. Double silver, double gold, double health, double strength, double joy. But it is all dependent upon the application of the blood. Let's all stand and let's apply this blood today. Oh, let's strike while the iron's hot. Hallelujah. Say it with me and declare it with me, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray that my life would be filled with all the fullness of God. May I have the richest measure of your divine presence and become a person wholly flooded and filled with love himself. Now I know that you said to forgive even as I have been forgiven. So I take the word of God. I apply the blood of Jesus. And I purge my life right now. I judge myself. I repent of. And ask forgiveness for. Any nickel and dime stuff. Any wrong attitudes. Any bitternesses. I let go. Of all resentment. 
No more anger for me. No more strife for me. I plead the blood. In the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I receive my deliverance. I receive my freedom. And today, during communion, I will get full of the Lamb. Look at your neighbor and say, you got your loins girded? Look at your other neighbor and say, you got your feet, you got your shoes on? Let's all say it together. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. It is the day. It is the time of our jubilee. He'll bring you forth today. The old you. Who was that person? I don't know who that was, but now it's the new me. I'm walking lighter. My future is looking brighter. And you know what? There's a weight that's lifted off of me. And all I can tell you is I don't understand it all. But I know that the Son has set me free. And if the Son shall set me free, you shall be free indeed. So I prophesy freedom to your spirit. I prophesy freedom to your mind. I prophesy freedom to your body. I prophesy freedom to your pocketbook. In the name. Everyone say in the name. In the name. In the name. Of Jesus. And you know something? When he brought them forth, they weren't quiet about it. I mean, grandma and grandpa weren't feeble anymore. I mean, he's giving her a little wink on the way over. Hey, glory to God. Amen. The Rightus brothers had to bow their knee. Arthritis, hepatitis, all Itis brothers had to go. He brought them forth. And he's not lost any of his love for you. Not lost any of his power. And not lost any of his intention to do you good every day of your life. You ready to receive communion?